0: Welcome to Inside the Writer's Cafe, brought to you on webtalkradio.net. I'm Cheryl Nasing, and this is a show about books and the people who write them. Each week we feature conversations with top authors of fiction and nonfiction about their latest work. Sin City Meets Hollywood on today's show. Mary McNamara joins us to talk about her latest insider Hollywood novel, The Starlet, published by Simon & Schuster Paperbacks. Las Vegas is called Sin City. And author Deborah Kuntz takes readers on a galloping adventure behind the scenes in her novel, Want to Get Lucky?, published by Tom Doherty Associates Books. Deborah Kuntz is a fascinating person and an author. She happens to be from Dallas, Texas. She graduated from Southern Methodist University with a BBA in business. She has an MBA from the University of Texas in Austin. She's been to law school and graduated from law school at SMU, and, as if that were not enough education, she has a master's degree in tax law from NYU. We're talking to Deborah about her really funny, interesting book, Want to Get Lucky, and she's Set it in Las Vegas because she lives in Las Vegas. Deborah Koontz, welcome to Inside the Writer's Cafe.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me. Let's
0: start out. This is a fun book, but it's also a murder mystery. So let's give our listeners just a little overview of the book without giving them too much information.
1: Oh my goodness. Well, <laughs> easy to say, hard to I do love like these that. questions. Right? <laughs> um the book opens with a young woman falling to her death from a, heli- a tour helicopter over the Las Vegas strip and she lands in the middle of the 830 pirate show in front of Treasure Island Hotel. And the helicopter is owned by the latest and greatest, newest, most over the top casino on the strip the Babylon and that brings my main character, Lucky O'Toole, into the story because she is the head of customer relations for the Babylon and as she calls herself, she is the chief problem solver and having someone plunge to their death from your company's helicopter on the evening news is a problem that Lucky needs to solve. <laughs> and that sort of gets the uh gets the book up and running and is a great excuse for um, me to get Lucky on scene and to have her, and, and to have the readers watch what Lucky does and all of her interfacing with the various guests in the hotel and as she tries to, to piece together what happened to the poor young woman. Um, and, and she slowly unravels a, a little murder mystery in Vegas. And it's just really an excuse to bring wonderful characters to the forefront.
0: Well, and it is so much fun. I mean, you have peopled this book with characters that, because it's Las Vegas, these are so real. Now, you made a comment to me before we really started to record the conversation. You said that people often try to write books about Las Vegas and set them in Las Vegas, and they don't live there. Why do you think it's an advantage to be living in Vegas when you write about it?
1: I think, that, and really, if you sort of look at the overview of the book, the the main character of the of the story really is Las Vegas, and the people that I populate my story with um, expound on some aspect of Vegas, whether it's the entertainment world or or the hotel world or what. And I think that when you live here, you really get a sense and you really understand what this city is about. And we are all here; all of us are here to promote the entertainment value of Vegas and to create a wonderful environment for people to come be a little bit naughty maybe or <laughs> see a great show or have a five-star meal and a wonderful time and go home feeling a little bit better about their life or themselves or or just you know things in general and the the whole city it's just a subculture here and uh, or it's it's a pervasive culture really and you don't get that flavor and you don't get that feel unless you really sort of insinuate yourself into everything that happens here. And it's, it's just a fun, fabulous, great city with a lot of interesting characters and who I see at the beauty shop and at the grocery store. And, and you know, I can run into Rita Redner at the beauty shop or Carrot Top at the grocery store, and, and it's a hoot. you know. And so living here gives you that sort of extra little flavor Of what the city really is about.
0: Well, you hold up a very interesting mirror because we see these kinds of characters in Lucky's life are everyday fair for her, and you show us, you know, on the surface. Let's face it, all of the casinos and everything just operates seamlessly, which of course is the whole point. And what you've done here is give us a little backstage look. at, at what's going on, Lucky's job is gigantic. I mean, she is running from morning until really, really late in the evening and early morning. I mean, her job is almost 24 hours a day.
1: It is. How did yeah. you
0: do research into that kind of workings of the casino? Did you get a behind-the-scenes look at that?
1: Oh yes, absolutely. And and as I've written more and more books, this is just the first one in a in a series of, of books. The second one will be out in February called Lucky Stiff. But as I've I've gotten to know more and more people here in the casino business, in the entertainment side of it or whatever, I've been allowed some wonderful access, uh, to see how these things really work. And to be honest with you, I took several jobs and combined them and made lucky because I wanted her to have um, such a broad brush um, in the hotel that she could I could put her in lots of different situations that perhaps in reality might be handled by more than one individual. Um, but I've gotten I've I've had a great time and I the people here are so open and they are so happy. What's great is they are so happy that somebody actually wrote a book about the magic of Las Vegas. This isn't mobbed up or it's not bodies in the desert and it's not even CSI. This is this is really about the magic of Vegas and what 45 million people a year come here to see and, and to experience. And that's what I like about this city. I love the people who live here. I love the, the fun that people have and, and the facade that we all build um, so that people can come and enjoy and have a great time.
0: Well, let's talk about Lucky as a character, because you made her background very interesting. Uh, she really doesn't know who her dad is, and her mom runs a very famous brothel just outside of Las Vegas in Parump. and I have only heard of that because I watch
1: CSI. Right, that's actually true, right? Yeah, there yeah. really is Pahrump, yeah yeah it it you know it takes on a whole new meaning when you say perrump is a bedroom community to las vegas <laughs> especially so, yeah exactly yeah. <laughs>
0: very good play on words. I'd thought about that,
1: <laughs> but that was
0: a very interesting thing to do and you know let's face it, people who run brothels have kids sometimes they do, and they she do. has turned out to be a a great person and and not exactly because of her mom i mean Lucky's story is a nice piece of this book, and I don't want to expose too much about that because it's such an integral part of the plot, but she and her mom don't exactly get along. They have that mother-daughter thing going on, only it's a little bit exacerbated because of who (laughs) her mother is. (laughs) (laughs) Her
1: mother's difficult, let's put it that way.
0: (laughs) Her mother is difficult and pushy.
1: She wants her married. She wants her married. She does. You know, uh, I felt that it was only fair if I was going to write a book about Las Vegas that I bring in all of the aspects of Vegas and not not the the criminal side but but all of the legal sides of Las Vegas and prostitution is legal in 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 the uh, county surrounding Clark County Clark County being the, the county where Las Vegas is located and you know, here I am writing a funny book, a humorous yes. book. And yes. it took me forever to try and figure out how I could bring something, you know, that's such a flashpoint as, as prostitution and and, and put, a, put a nice, you know, switch to it. Or, you know, I, I couldn't make it tawdry. You know, I, I had to exactly. make it funny. The whole book is funny. Exactly. And so I made Mona. And, um, you know, and... And she's a she's a, a do gooder and a rescuer and so and one of the funny things well not one of the funny things but one of the things that I never really thought about since I didn't think about prostitution very often um, I never really realized that there are people that engage in it that want to do that. Me either. And, you know we we keep thinking that it's something that you know street kids are forced into or or it's you know just such an you know or people get in into a really bad situation with with drugs or whatever and they end up you know doing this this work on the side and that's not entirely true and um, there are people that engage in it because it's great money and they don't mind it you know some of them even like it and i've talked to them and um... and so i thought okay i can i can deal with that aspect of it and sort of as i do you know gloss over the the underpinnings and the uh... the ugly side there's an ugly side to everything and i'm not trying to diminish that at all i think it's a very real problem but that's not what my books about right and you know my books um ab- about funny things and and funny people and and people trying to get through life and uh and so you know that was sort of how i created mona and mona mona ends up being a really great character through the series she is constantly um uh, badgering lucky and she makes some, Mona makes some interesting choices as the series progresses, none of which I want to give away because they are all wonderful from a storyteller's point of view.
0: Oh, I'm, I'm so. always so careful. I don't want to give away anything. I want people to read and enjoy the book half as much as I did because I've read it cover to cover. I do that with my fiction books. And this one, I mean, you just had me laughing out loud. And before we leave the prostitution thing, I, there you talk about you reduce this in one way to business. And Mona talks about, well, and, and there's this organization and there's that organization. And you see n- not the seamy element, not the sex element, but you see the business element of prostitution that exists uniquely in that area. And I thought that was a very nice touch because it makes the character seem more real. And it made me as a reader go, What? you know <laughs> right right
1: well that's you know that that was me when i came here and i heard about you know the nevada brothel association and they have lobbyists up in reno and they what the, the whole thing about the brothels wanting to be taxed that was real that that was a real thing that that's happened real. Here. they wanted to be taxed because they wanted that legitimacy in the business community in nevada
0: wow deborah
1: and I was just, I was blown away by that. And I said, I really have got to put that in, in the book. because And that was where Mona came from, because I could do something different with her. She's not just, <clears throat> excuse me, a um, a caricature. She's not just sort of a cliché. She's not the, the moo-moo-clad, you know, over-made-up uh, Madam with a Heart of Gold that you sort of expect. She is trim and and caustic and wears designer clothes and is a lobbyist for her and industry. And she's smart. And she's smart in her own weird, acerbic way. And, um, and so that makes her interesting to me. And, and that was what I tried to do with most of the characters in the book, was give them some sort of a little twist that wasn't expected and to make them interesting.
0: And you did that. You did the, the entertainment side as well, and you, you keep having Lucky jump in this red Ferrari, which I, I'm so envious reading about this character, and she just can say, bring the car around. And, you know, <laughs> I We're both talking before we started recording every time she jumps in the red Ferrari. I, I'm sorry, Magnum PI. You know, Tom Selleck in that red Ferrari just rears his head, and I can see that car and see him, and I can see I the know. character. If he
1: was Luke. only waiting in the car when they oh, pulled it around, right? That yeah. would be perfect. Yeah. <laughs> well, we got to talk about Teddy now. Teddy
0: is a really, really interesting character, and at first, I mean, his background is very interesting. Teddy is a female impersonator, and he and Lucky don't live together but teddy has the penthouse in right. this brand new building right and he's talked lucky into buying the floor below the penthouse so they sort of have it's almost like the door between the the rooms in a hotel they sort of are up and down in each other's apartments and they're very good friends and teddy is an extraordinary talent and he's extremely successful and on the surface we would expect Teddy to be gay. Absolutely.
1: He no, he's not, he's straight. And you know, this is I tell you being a writer is absolutely you feel like you are on on drugs all the time, I guess. <laughs> I you know, never did drugs, but it must be, you know, I'm driving around town and I see this sign. There's a very famous um female impersonator here Frank Marino and he's he's just a doll and he does Joan Rivers. I mean, he will have you curled in the fetal position on the floor laughing and but um, and I saw his billboard on the uh on on one of the highways and i and I looked at him, and I thought, well, you know female impersonation that's really interesting, and I could play with that and and i thought well what what if what if he wasn't gay what if what what if you know the female impersonator is straight, and I have no idea what frank's sexual orientation is, and I'm not making you know um any comments about that? But um, I just looked at it. I thought, what if we have one? You know, that is he's, he can he's conversant, he's fluent in Jimmy Choo and Chanel and and all of those <laughs> wonderful things, and can accessorize better than any woman you ever knew. But he's straight, and, and he uh,
0: borrows Manella Blonics. He does. <laughs> he borrows
1: Lucky's shoes, and she hates it because he stretches <laughs> them out. <laughs>
0: stretches them because his feet are wider.
2: I and know. She,
1: You know, I
0: think that one of the things that makes this really work is that Lucky never thinks twice about what Teddy does for a living, particularly. I mean she accepts who he is, she accepts what he does and she loves him for it. Right. And if you think about good friends.
1: Yeah, if you think about Lucky as a character, people have asked me what defines Lucky? And if you think about how she interacts with everybody, she never judges. She just takes people for who they are and tries to deal with it, and that's one of the things that I really like about her. She has, she has her her value system, which is inconsistent with with Vegas. You know, she's not into casual sex. She's looking for a, you know, a, um, a deep relationship in in a city where superficiality rules the day. And uh, and she never judges, and she never judges Teddy, and she just thinks he's wonderful, and she really doesn't judge her mother, or anyone else. You know, she just tries to um, find something good in them and and work with that. And I think that's her charm. In in the end, is um, that's her defining characteristic. I think there are a couple of people in the novel who's
0: sort of lucky as frenetic. I mean, she's she's being pulled in so many directions, so she has to have someone that uh, is a rock for her and there are two characters that i thought were rocks for her the big boss i thought was a solid rock for her and then her i hate to call her secretary her administrative assistant i mm-hmm. loved the character of the administrative <laughs> assistant miss patterson name.
1: <laughs> yeah miss patterson or miss patterson Ms. we never know her first name and somebody asked me what what's her first name and i said i have no idea she didn't tell <laughs> <me>. <laughs> she didn't tell me it's something horrid lucky knows it but i don't it's obviously something she's terribly embarrassed by and and she goes by miss p and uh and she's she's the straight man to lucky stick you know yep. she miss p is definitely the straight man and she calls a spade a spade but in a very maternalistic uh, way towards lucky and um she she was a character that I didn't envision at the beginning of the story. I didn't know how she was going to turn out, and um, or, or what I was going to do with her. And and she is the perfect um, straight man for Lucky, and and sort of the port in the storm. And I love the fact that um, she's actually Miss P is probably close to my age, a little bit younger than me. And I made her a cougar. So
0: I love it. I, I love it. <laughs> I have to say, Deborah. I really, really enjoyed the book, and it is so visually alive, and maybe it's because it's so alive that we've seen Las Vegas, we see the commercials, we've seen so many different shows set in Las Vegas, and if anyone who hasn't even been there reads the book, I still think all the visual things that you do, really, really make the book just almost jump off the page. I just enjoyed it so much.
1: Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. I obviously have fun writing it.
0: (laughs) Well, and I'm so glad to know that there are more coming down the pike because I I like Lucky as a character, and I want to see what happens in her life because this is interesting. The murder is hums in the background all of the time because we have to solve this crime. It's involved with so many things, and it's, it's very complex. And the book is funny, but here's this humming murder in the background the whole time. So you keep us on the edge of our seats trying to figure out, as they say, who had done it. Good <laughs> job with that part of the plot. Oh, well,
2: thank you. <laughs> now,
0: if our listeners want to know more about you, more about Lucky, more about this book, the new books, is there a website that they can go to?
1: there is a website, it's um, just com and uh, it's Deborah with an O-R-A-H uh, the biblical Deborah and Coons with a C-O-O-N-T-S and uh, the spelling is difficult but um, I think if, if people Google want to get lucky they will find the website so um, I can tell you I have had more comments when I send people email and I put want to get lucky in the subject <laughs> line <laughs> You know, I didn't really realize that when I was, when I was you know, uh, titling the book, but <laughs> it's a lot of fun. You, you
0: are just great. You know, I have had such
1: fun with you.
0: Thank you so much for being our guest today on Inside the Writer's Cafe. What a pleasure.
1: Well, thank you for having me. I enjoyed it tremendously.
0: You're listening to Inside the Writer's Cafe, brought to you on webtalkradio.net. Mary McNamara is the television critic for the Los Angeles Times, and she's worked for them for nearly two decades, although when I look at her picture on the back cover of her book, I think she must have started at age five. She looks so young. She's written hundreds of entertainment stories, and she writes about the inner workings of the Hollywood scene, and she's with us today to talk about her new novel, The Starlet. Mary, welcome. Thanks. I'm really glad to be here. Whoa! I'm so glad we're talking about this. I really, really like the book. It is just oh, one of those. Oh, yeah. It's one of those perfect reads. I mean, we're talking in the summer, so I'll say perfect beach read or plain read or whatever. But this book is so much fun, and you've got this nice subplot underneath that it's fun to read any time. So let's let the listeners just a little bit in on what The Starlet is about.
2: Well, The Starlet is a sequel to my first novel, which was called Oscar Season, which was a murder mystery set in Los Angeles during Oscar season at a large uh, hotel in Los Angeles. Um, and at the end of it, the our heroine, who works at the hotel, um, who has seen her ex-husband killed and regular mayhem just ensuing and... you know, realizing that life is not what she thought it was, uh, leaves L.A. And so in The Starlet, she goes to Italy. That is where she decides to get her act together. And she goes to Tuscany to an estate, um, a crumbling kind of messed up estate that's in her family that's being run by her cousin. And she's there to sort of sort out her life because she thinks she cannot, you know, she can't cope with dealing with Hollywood anymore and Los Angeles and trying to figure out what to do next. But, of course, Hollywood follows you everywhere and uh, this time in the form of uh, Mercy Talbot, who's a young starlet of the title who you know has her trouble with drugs and alcohol, and uh, Juliet, who is my heroine, essentially fishes her out of a fountain in Florence and takes pity on her and brings her back to Tretta, which is the estate um, just to let her you know sort of get her act together, but of course, one thing follows another, and the next thing you know the film is being shot at Tretta, and all sorts of, you know, murder and mayhem is uh, ensuing in Tuscany. And so it's sort of a, a combination trouble piece <laughs> and Hollywood murder mystery. And, uh, you know, I was when I went into it, I was interested in doing two things. And one was sort of like, uh, you know, exploring the, the storylines that we see played out so often, you know, in the press of these these young stars who, you know, get themselves into trouble with, drugs and alcohol and 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 why that happens you know it's it, first of all these people you know usually are addicts which is you know whether we can debate that all whether that's biological or you know behavioral or whatever but i, I mean it's a tough tough life and especially when you're on location and you're filming for 14 hours and the rest of the time you're sitting around and it's just you know, and so I sort of wanted to, you know, show the bad behavior because that's fun, but also show you, you know, why. You know, it's not just that these these kids are bad kids. It's because they ha- they're they under enormous amount of pressure to perform and they usually have a bunch of people around them, you know, uh, who's, who are willing to sign off on any behavior. Uh, so Mercy is, you know, a character that I hope is at once kind of, uh, you know, irritating but also sympathetic. And then I also wanted to sort of explore, you know, sort of the Hollywood versus Tuscany. It's like here's, here's an estate that has stood for, you know, centuries against all sorts of invaders, and will it topple when a film shoot comes? <laughs>
0: well, I love it because it feels like Mercy's character is ripped out of the headline. I mean, will they not shut up talking about Lindsay Lohan? Right,
2: right. I, you well, know? yes, I know. It did sort of, it was kind of when, when Lindsay went to the slammer. <laughs> it was oh, kind geez. of like, oh, my goodness. Yeah. Did what
0: fourteen days out of ninety, and I thought, oh, geez.
2: yeah, yeah. Well, you, you know,
0: you get into all of that entitlement stuff, and and Mercy, at first, we are not very sympathetic with her. I mean, no, know, and you're not because to be. we we see her, we see the public image, just like we see Lindsay Lohan, and she looks like this spoiled um, little rich girl who has it all. And then as the novel progresses. We get to know her a little bit better and get to understand her a little bit better. Now her mom, (laughs) Angie (laughs) Groppler. Am I saying that last name right? Yes, yes. because because Mercy's really named Tiffany Tiffany Don Groppler. Groppler, (laughs) What a horrible name! (laughs) But her mother, Angie, I mean, is just this enabler. I mean, can we spell that in? in six feet tall, neon red letters. Right, right. And I think that when we look at that relationship, it's not a surprise. You know? Right. I mean, she's, she's kind we kind of, anyone who falls into that kind of behavior has to have an enabler, and there's wrong. Right,
2: right, right.
0: But Juliet, I really liked Juliet. She's very level-headed, and she's on this, vacation on this break you in the opening of the novel you have her sitting there in the square enjoying her right and you he, have really, finally
2: gotten away from it all
0: oh my gosh and you have done such a beautiful job mary of describing italy you <laughs> thank you is the italian government paying you i, mean, <laughs> I win
2: you
0: think? <laughs> i should be.
2: or mean, like giving me a couple of free tickets that'd be groovy oh you well, can't. I mean, the place actually, I mean, the, the place where she goes, well, obviously, I've you know, I've been to Florence and Rome, I mean, you know, uh, on vacation. And uh, the place where she goes is, is actually based on a real uh, estate called Stanachia, uh where my family and I have stayed a couple of times, which is even more fabulous than, uh, than is described in the book, and, and is trying to do some of the things that Juliet's cousin, Gabe, is trying to do, which is basically instead of, you know, doing what so many of – Uh, the the villas and the farmhouses in Tuscany, you know, turning it into a high-end hotel or a posh B&B or whatever, they are a learning center and they have a Noah's Ark project and they, you know, do organic gardening and and you can stay there, but you have to join the foundation and, you know, and it's not, you know, it's it's very nice, but it's not like there's no concierge, you know, there's no, you know, high-thread sheet count (laughs) linens, you know. I mean, it's just... uh, it's just a cool place to stay. So I was very happy to be... I've written about that place in the newspaper, but I was very happy to uh, be able to f- you know, put it in fiction, although I didn't have to fictionalize it much because it's so fabulous.
0: Oh, and, and you got that across beautifully. I mean, it, you just... Because of films like Under the Tuscan Sun... You right, know, right, You just have mental images, and it's just so gorgeous. And to set the novel against that backdrop... And then have all of the action that takes place take place because we do have body count and right. we do have some bad guys in this. Yes. And, and there's some <laughs> shooting and more yes. than one kind, not with just a camera. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's a really interesting plot. And one of the things I really enjoyed, I loved Gabe as a character because he's so... He's a throwback character, and he really stands (laughs) up for his own moral right. Yeah, and he's really kind of get at it a little bit. And right, yeah, made a terrible mistake in their past. He uh, gave her one. They were both drug users, and they're both rehabbed drug users, former drug users. Right, exactly. And he was. Wanted. He wanted some drugs, and so he right. sold
2: Juliet his one percent, right, his the controlling 50%. portion. Yeah, exactly. Right. To get
0: some drugs. Right. And he's well, regretting I'd... it now. <laughs>
2: she's yeah. a, she's the controlling partner of the duo. Exactly. Well, together. she's pretty nice about it, I have to say, because even though she, but mainly she's nice because she doesn't want to have to to do it herself. She she has she has too many ghosts there so she this is like the first time that she's been back to the estate since you know for in years so but yeah that's um to show how (laughs) the the big mistakes we can make on the irrevocable mistakes we can make when we're under the influence yes gabe has sold his and and he sold it for a gram of cocaine which is sort of like (laughs) really you didn't get more than that no so yeah so i i mean and i wanted that in there i mean what i love about gabe um is that, you know, he just, he just toes the hard line, you know, in terms of sobriety, which is, you know, and I think that that's important too, you know, when, when these young actors and everything, and it's like, everybody's casting around for the reasons, and oh, why this, and why that, and even in the novel, you know, oh, well, her mother, blah, 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 and Gabe is just like, she's an addict, she's an addict, she's an addict, and nothing is going to change until she stops using drugs and drinking, and that's just the bottom line for him, and. And I think that that's a really a, a good voice to have, and, and uh, I wish that more of our star, our young stars had that in their life, where it's just sort of you know you can't you can address all the other issues later, but you have to stop using before anything is going to change in your life, and uh, and he just doesn't want to hear any other alternative. So,
0: and she begins to really admire that; she's really kind of drawn to him,
2: right? I, because, I thought, yeah. Because his, you know, his, he just, he knows. It's real. It. Yes. he. It's and, Which doesn't mean that he's perfect, because on the other hand, here he is living, you know, his own little, in his little mini utopia. You know, I mean, he's damaged too. And he's not live. I mean, he's living in the real world, but it's his very sort of narrowly constructed version of the real world. And, you know, if he had to do what Mercy had to do, he would fall apart too. And that's sort of what he's saying to her is that, you know, you don't have to do this. You can stop doing this. You can stop for a year. You can stop for forever. You know, if being a movie star means you're going to die at age thirty, then maybe you don't want to be a movie star.
0: Yeah, because you she takes some astonishing uh, chances
2: in yeah the well
0: film that you that you're having made in right it. right and all of a yeah, sudden she, yeah she's high and she takes some astonishing. Chances, and then you have. I loved this guy because he's just perfect. The Steve Usher character, who is (laughs) resurrection rehab. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Former
2: rock star. Exactly.
0: Who's taking the idea of this whole rehabilitation business and making a big business out of it? Right. Turn himself into a guru, and he shows up. Right. And here he is. I mean, this is the plot is so much. Because oh good I'm glad you liked it oh I did well you have such interesting characters and you weave in the the romantic angle I mean I don't want the listeners to think this is all about drug use (laughs) it's obviously not it's a really fun novel that has twists and turns that they won't expect. And, you know, you've got this unsuspecting Gabe, and all of a sudden Juliet comes and says, she brings mercy to the, to Cherta, and she says, oh, and by the way, uh, there's a movie that's coming, right. and all of a sudden they start thundering in and doing all of this right. stuff. And he's very resistant at first, and then there are some things that happen. and Well, and he needs the money.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, because they're
0: on the verge broke, of yeah. broke and bankruptcy, et cetera, et cetera. Right. It's just such an interesting read that I found myself just spending more time than I realized I was spending with the book. I would sit Oh, good. There and I would just sort of fall into it and I would start reading and I'd look up and two hours had passed and it felt like 15 minutes. You're such an excellent writer. Well,
2: thank you. Thank you. Yeah, well, I, I was hoping, you know, it is, it is the ultimate summer escape because it's Hollywood and it's Tuscany and it's But there are some, you know, I tried to deal with some serious issues in there, too, so I'm hoping that, you know, a spoonful of sugar. (laughs) Oh, I I couldn't agree more.
0: Are there going to be more Juliet Graysons?
2: I hope so. You know, we'll see how this one does. It all depends on, you know, how, you know, what the publishing industry is like. But I hope so. I mean, I definitely, you know, I mean, at the end, I mean, Juliet obviously has her own love triangle that's basically left over from Oscar season where she encountered her own superstar, Michael O'Connor, and um and then her boss, Eamon Devlin, and they of course both end up at Shreta because they have to <laughs> yes. for the love triangle to continue and um uh, yeah, and at the end that is still not resolved, and so you know we need to resolve that. And,
0: oh, and uh, we have some danger. Devil in his danger.
2: Yes, and we need I to loved. find out exactly what's going on with him. And and Michael uh, in uh, in Oscar season has had cancer and was and was uh, undergoing treatment, and so we need to see where that's going to go. And uh, yeah, and 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 people too have they want to know what happens to Mercy, so we yeah. will probably need to. Uh, to deal with, you know, whether this takes and what kind, you know, whether her career lasts or, you know, whatever. So, um, yeah, I hope, I would love to. I have, you know, the plot the sort of loosely based, you know, worked out for the next one. So we'll see. Fingers crossed.
0: Everybody buy the book.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, if
0: they want to know more about the book, I mean, we it's it, this is a difficult book to talk about because it's so good and there's so much stuff in it. But, there's a little line that we're walking. You and I are very carefully walking on a little lines so we don't give away too much because <laughs> there there are some things that happen that we don't want to talk about because it would spoil the right.
2: book. spoil alert. Yeah. So if
0: if yeah, spoil alert. So if if our listeners want to know more about you, your glamorous life and <laughs> <I> so <sound> glamorous <laughs> and your books. I know everything always sounds much more glamorous than it really I know. is it's hard work.
2: Yeah, yeah. Is well yeah, was- and that was that's actually in the book I wanted to, you know, address that. It's like, you know, these people work really hard if you've ever been on a movie set. It's just it's a lot of work and and a lot of sitting around. You know, you know.
0: I was in the business for a while and I've done a couple of major motion pictures now. We're talking about you and I would have to be sitting side by side, and I would have to say, "Okay, Mary, it's coming up." Okay, did you see me? I mean, <laughs> oh, to oh me.
2: you were in them. Oh, wow. I was in them. Yeah, cool. I did a
0: couple of major motion pictures. Done a lot of commercials.
2: Oh wow, a I didn't of know television that.
0: Television in the Dallas Fort Worth area. Oh
2: well, I'm glad you liked it then. If, well, see that you, know, that's, if you if for me, know what you're talking about.
0: For me, it was like insider reading. And yeah. I'm sitting there, and I'm laughing because I'm thinking. People do not understand how hard acting really can be. And once you've done something in the business, you can never see a film the same way again because you understand this was not shot in the first take. It's back to one, back to one, back to one, back right, to right, one. Right, right, right. There may be twenty takes, and it's freezing, right. or it's so hot you can't. Or it's so hot, it.
2: yeah. Or they're yeah.
0: squirting you with water, or they're whatever it is. And once you've got a little insider angle into the business, I mean, this book is, is exactly that. You give that glimpse behind the curtain that I think that our listeners don't normally get. And it's because you are an insider yourself, and you shared some of those things and did it such a, such a great way with such wonderful characters that it just flows and feels so real.
2: Yeah, it was interesting because I'm glad to hear that you are in the industry and that you liked it because, you know, it was hard because on the one hand, you wanted to get, I wanted to get, you know, to be very realistic, to capture, you know, like the tedium of in-between takes or what you were saying, it's like do it again, do it again, and it's like half a line, it's not even a whole line, you know, it's like, you know, and now we're going to do it in close-up, and now we're going to do it in his close-up, and now we're going to do it. And so I wanted to capture that. But, You know you don't want to bog the book down with the details so it was sort of like you know uh, I wa- also wanted to capture you know the magic of all the people on a movie set I mean it's like you're watching you know a love scene on TV or you know in a, in a movie and then outside frame there are like thirty five guys there's somebody holding the lights there's like and it's you know it's not just the camera guy because nowadays the camera guy is usually sitting back in video village you know a hundred yeah. yards away but it's the electricians and the you know, the gaffers and the grips and the this and the that and, and they're all standing there and so I wanted to capture that. But on the other hand, you know, not too much insider baseball to like weigh down the plot. So you'll notice that like, you know, there aren't a lot of you know, there are only the two main stars are at <laughs> yeah. Like the cast is very small
0: for this you have movie. to make it yeah you have to make it simple <laughs> because,
2: because i didn't want right. to have to bring in oh and here's you know here's the you know the, the supporting cast and who you know because you, you've got already got the director and the screenwriter and you know but it is it's insane it's you go on these on these sets and it's just and it's a miracle that it happens with so much that has to get done I, i'm always astonished
0: well, let's give your website so that okay. Yes, can find you out.
2: can find out more about me and my book at uh, MaryMcNamara.com, dot com, and it's McNamara, m c n a m uh, a r a. Or you can just look at the book at the cover of the book that you've just purchased, and it's just so run together. Marymacnamara dot com. You are
0: delightful, and I want to thank you so much, Mary, <laughs> oh, for sir. spending time with us. Thank
2: and you. I'm, I'm glad you like the that. book.
0: Very and, much. Uh,
2: yeah. All right. Well, thanks a lot.
0: And we'd like to thank you, our listeners, for being with us today. And remember, until you join us next time, pick up a good book and read.